It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Hello. And welcome to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Countryfile magazine. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm your host. And welcome to our new season of Mindful Escapes into the Green Outdoors in search of wildlife and wilder people. As well as heading out into beautiful landscapes as autumn stretches into winter, we'll be enjoying some episodes that the team and I recorded over spring and summer. So expect some soothing escapism at this dark time of the year. Our second episode sees me head to a wild island off the coast of Scotland. Called Handa, it is managed entirely for wildlife by the Scottish Wildlife Trust. It's an enchanting, sometimes haunting place to explore. My main quest was to witness the massive seabird cities that are sighted all over the cliffs of the island, but there were many other wildlife surprises along the way. You'll also hear the voices of my friends and fellow explorers, Joel Burden and Gavin Meredith. So come with me for a very privileged wander into a truly wild place. So I'm walking down a jetty towards a beautiful sea lock with craggy islands and cliffs behind me and seaweed strewn across boulders. And... I'm here to pick up a boat with two old mates, Joel and Gav, expedition photographers and expedition historian. And we're going off to a seabird sanctuary called Handa, an island, which we can see is not very far across the sea lock. And oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful morning in the highlands. And I've not seen very many blue skies since I've come up here for a few adventures. But I'm expecting great things today. Uh, you can hear the sound of a stream just pouring out of the hills running down a little beach and then into crystal clear water and mallard quacks well there's some limpets we'll be eating those later <laughs> you'll be eating those later we are going to sample some there's actually some good foraging here we could do a little bit of a, a forage after we've seen so i hope oh, who knows what we're going to see today Puffins, guillemots, a lot of species. 
And yet. some massive camera lenses. Some massive camera lenses, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. some... Uh, a little crowd has gathered. A little crowd has gathered on the jetty. So, just an exotic mallard so far. <laughs> the water is so clean and pure here. It really is. There's no algae. Maybe a lot of the sounds of cameras focusing. And here comes the boat. Wow. It doesn't look very big. <laughs> but it's so calm, the water. I mean, considering the first day we arrived here, it rained all day long and we got soaked to the, not just to the skin, but the inner dermal layers. It's a herring gull. Or is it? No, it's a lesser, lesser black boat. Beautiful. Joel, you've been here before. What yeah. do we expect? Uh, well, hopefully some coffins. Um, I came before and arrived two weeks too late. They'd all left. Oh, so this was a great shame. It's a beautiful beach when you land. Um, yeah. And then... Just a lot of seabirds. Um, I'm looking forward to you telling me what they all are. <laughs> so we have to put on life jackets for this journey, which is a uh, jolly good thing, really. Reassuring. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. The common sandpipe is skittering away in the shallows over there. And there goes the sandpiper. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a little fish there. Yeah, that's a little fish. But this isn't razor clam territory. I can't see any washed up on the shore. I just have to put on our life jackets now. Any last requests? Front will bring unsettled weather over the next couple of days. My sea legs are uh, very hardy. 24-hour forecast. Off we go. To handle. I'm going to turn off three. Five. Unless we see anything exciting on the way. Five. Right by the edge. So we've arrived on a beautiful sandy beach between two long arms of uh, rugged peninsulas. And um, on the journey over, it was too, too loud to record, but there were a host of birds on the water, including a great northern diver and two red-throated divers, which I'd never, don't think I'd ever seen before, which is rather wonderful. And um, some black guillemots, but it's just a it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a treeless island. And we've just had an introduction from the Scottish Wildlife Trust who run the, who manage the island for a big, big estate. And yeah, there's a lot of very interesting species here. So we'll just have a little tour around. There's lots of rabbits, very, very tame rabbits. So you can see them scuttling all over the place and just feeding. And who knows what we'll find. But one of the saddest things is that they've got avian flu on the island, which is affecting the Arctic, uh, the great skewer population. So that's uh, that's a 
pretty awful thing that's been spreading around a lot of seabirds and wildfowl. A bit windy, heading up a slope. Skylarks here and meadow pipits. Joel, do you know anything about the history of the island? Um, there was a. It was. Uh, it was populated, and there was. Uh, there was a queen of Handa, who was the oldest, uh, oldest woman on the island at any particular moment in time. But I think, like a lot of this part of the world, it it was sort of cleared in the 19th century, uh, 19th century, and turned over to sheep or something. Sort of. Uh, population died but I think we're coming up in a while to the ruins of the old village. Oh interesting, there's an oyster catcher so to see what's left there. So to look out for arctic skewers around the village. You see the uh, old Nanistur sticking up. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in the far yes, distance. It's like a pillar of rock, or well, it is a pillar of rock. A sea stack. A sea stack, yeah. That's it, the old Nanistur. I love Rotherhines and you get these great vistas. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. See the distant mountains of Ascent to the south and across this gorgeous blue water. And you can see the sort of turquoise beaches of oh, heavenly. Sedge warblers in there. It's interesting, yeah, there's the rat traps all over the island to try and reduce the rat population because they prey on the eggs and nestlings of seabirds. The problem with the rats that they would they eat the eggs. Eat the eggs yeah and, and nestlings but mostly they just plunder eggs. They have a massive effect. Now they said there's arctic skewers in this village here. Well it's hard to say it's a village isn't it? It's like a tumble of stones down a hillside but this is a uh, Little colony of Arctic skewers here. Also called the parasitic Jaeger or Jaeger, uh, which is a. So it hunts, um, sort of steals food from other birds. They do all the hard work at sea, catching fish. Strange calls. Birds that I'm not familiar with. To those birds later, but that's extraordinary. What a, what a strange noise. Yes, yeah, all the hard work's done by the other birds, and the skewer comes in and bombs them. And uh, until eventually they drop it. And that's uh, rather a sad end. So they steal food. Last inhabited in 1847. Yes, yeah, so this village um, it looks as though. It was inhabited, last inhabited in 1847, which was, of course, when the potato famine um, hit this part of the world. Not just in Ireland, but it hit here as well. Here as well, okay. yeah. There was, it, was, it was a big problem in, in the Highlands too. Um, and 
it seems that there were 64 residents living here who who survived and left the island and crossed the Atlantic to Nova Scotia. Oh. Uh, after which the island was no longer inhabited. There's an epic, eerie course. I think that's a skewer up there. Right yeah, so it says keep your eyes open um, for great <laughs> skewers. Great Bullying bonksies, they're called. <laughs> Bullying bonksies, yeah. Inquisitive red grouse and thieving arctic skewers. Thieving arctic skewers. Nest here. Also known as the parasitic. If the skewers swoop towards you, hold up your hand and move on quickly to keep disturbance to a minimum. Oh, oh look, look, there's, it's chasing something. Yeah. Is that a bullying bonksy? Yeah. Actually watching a bonksy at work. Oh, so what was it bullying me? There's a lichen, it's like a sort of tangle of a sponge almost, or tendrils of it crawling down the outside of this house. Looks like a mangy, long haired dog's. <laughs> That's what rubbed itself against <laughs> it, yeah. Uh-huh. Strange calls everywhere, lots of heather in this part of the island. And we're now climbing through a heather clad hillside. The little burns that run peat coloured across the path. And this is gaining height, and I think that means we're going to come to the cliff edge. It's about a mile, I think. Eagle-eyed Joel has spotted some skewers in the grass. There's two, and they're lovely. These are these are definitely so. That previous one was a great skewer. These are much more delicate. These might be arctic. These skewers. are arctic skewers for sure. They've got less um, sort of the, their beak is. Delicate. Fractionally less sort of vicious looking. Yeah, and they've got long slender sort of tail feathers. Yeah. That's, they're really beautiful. Just the scenery here is unbelievable. It's so... The island itself is quite bare, but you've got these birds coming out of the, the wild and I'm watching one now with this great skewer. Quite a stumpy body with these broad wings and flashes of white underside and over the top. Lancaster bomber. Just saw him here and speaking to us. Big heavy set bird, quite menacing. A really beautiful shape in the air, as if like a child's drawing of that sort of shallow V bird in flight. There's another skewer coming overhead. Very stiff little wing, light wing beats. That's a great skewer. Yeah, white on the wings. Yeah, it's very invisible, very noticeable. Here we go. This is the calls of arctic skewers. There's one sat down. Yeah, that's a great skewer there. Arctic skewers just mewing to each other. Just amazing. In fact, they were getting crossed with a, with a great skewer, I think. There's a huge bumblebee. Strange call from a skewer. It's like a great skewer. It's like shorter tail, more brown body, 
rather than sooty. Get yeah, that skewers more sooty coloured. So we're, it looks like we're approaching a cliff edge. I'll give you a little commentary on what uh, what we're going to see. The pool. Let's have a quick little look in the pool. This little fish. Yeah, little tiny fish, like little tiny trout or something. Oh no, they're newts. I thought they were fish, but yeah, they've got legs. <laughs> they're probably palmate newts, there's loads of them. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? There goes a full mirror overhead. Very stiff wings, like a miniature albatross. And like a, it's body like the hull of a yacht. And, uh, just zipped overhead. <laughs> Warning, cliff edge ahead, so this is going to be an interesting place to hang out. We'll see what we can see. And then we look out into the ocean. Oh, wow. We look down and it's like Whoa, it's fine here. My goodness. Fulmers dashing around, and then in the water, great rafts of guillemots. Wow. So, we're on the cliff edge. There are nesting birds on the uh, guillemots, razor bills, just hundreds of thousands of birds in the sea. And uh, what a spot. Beautiful thrift growing on the cliff edge. Pink flowers like little tufts. The former came so close within touching distance. The birds come and go from there. Oh, yeah, precipitous. There's this rock stacking and it's just covered in guillemot nests. Well, I say guillemot nests, they just stand there. Uh, they didn't really make a nest. Fulmers. Yeah, single, single razor bills. Oh, oh, puffins down below. A load of puffins down at uh, bustling, bustling sea city, seabird city. Well, this is absolutely stunning. Every available ledge is taken with a, a nesting bird. Yeah, the petrels are closer to albatrosses. Yeah. Pretty common here. Very common here. I think they're pretty pretty common around you can see them around most of the coast. Look at that, lovely. Guillemots would be you don't tend to see guillemots so much here. They're I mean, you know, they can be super common where they exist. I mean, look when you look out there, that's probably yeah. five or six thousand guillemots out there. Rafts of I think this is the biggest guillemot population in the UK there. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't got to the great stack yet. The stack has an incredible density of seabirds, so oh, right. there's okay. still to come. So we're really just, this is just a taster. Well, amazing. 
The stack is nearly impossible to climb from the bottom. More people have stood on the moon than have reached the top of it. Well, that's quite a good detail. That's a great detail. Just had a small picnic on the top of the cliffs, and it really is just the mar most marvellous place to relax and enjoy looking out to sea so calmly. And uh, just walking down the cliff past some thrift. What can you see? Quite good to lie down here and look. Yeah. Um, oh my the, goodness. On the sandstone stack, yeah. you, need to, you really need to get your binoculars out, but um, there's several ledges. There's one very low down, and then there's actually one where you can see a lot of white on it. Oh, yes, yes, it's sort of the guano of the. Uh, that's all there. But what's amazing is, is, is absolutely hundreds of them all next to each other. They're all uh, jammed together and much, much closer together than they are on this side. It's where the guillemots are nesting in the in the fault lines in the cliff, and they just the droppings have created have coloured the whole cliff white. I bet the smell is incredible. There's puffins coming right to the top here, and they're all in a line. How they, you know, their eggs are designed not to roll off. They have specific sort of oval shape. Oh, Fulma came right over your head. You can even hear a wren in amongst this colony. This is the noise of fulmers coming back to their nests. You get a good view of some of them here pretty chatty, as well. Pretty chatty, these fulmers here. Right inside the nests. They, they throw their heads back and really create this funny guttural. They may come in and feed the other partner who's... I don't think the chicks have hatched yet for most of these birds. So that sort of... Half the colony is at sea just fishing and all hanging out and half is... the other half is uh, incubating the eggs. But these former couples are quite sweet with their beak. They make these little beak kind of petting yeah. Very sweetly done. It's so hot I'm going to have to wear a hat. This is ridiculous. Oh. And uh, Skylark goes up. The bonksy skewer comes right overhead. Orchids in the grass. What an incredible spot. To my right is the Great Gulf as the cliffs fall away to the sea. And then vast bay, distant sandy beaches and barren looking hills of the very far north of Scotland. And almost any other day it would be so oh, tough going. But it's just a it's just a glorious, glorious day. We're so lucky. This is a rather epic path high on the cliff top winds its way, not right on the cliff edge fortunately, because I'm not sure I could deal with that but uh, I feel sort of it's just an astonishing place I'm so used to sort of having to hunt for wildlife in the countryside really sort of strain to see fleeting glimpses or hear snatches of song whereas here, if I put my binoculars up, if I look out to see 
a set of great skewers that skimmed past me. And uh, there's another great stack of rock here. And another great gulf of... Oh, this is an even bigger colony. We spent a lot of time at the previous colony, but this one's massive. Skewer high above. The slope's purple with thrift. This incredible, incredible seabird city coming up. We thought the first one was impressive. This one is just huge. Meadow pipit eat little flies in the grass and just making its funny little call. And this is a great cleft of an inlet with cliffs and there's a rock stack with thousands of guillemots in it. And short cropped turf under my feet, cropped by rabbits, and then splashes of the most beautiful pink thrift, little pin cushions of like the flowers of chives and uh, just a colossal colony I get a bit of a noise from it, here we go I'm just looking down into rather terrifying drop but the water is falling off the edge a tiny stream creating this little mist of rain falling into the there are guillemots on every ledge it's astonishing this is insane it's like a cauldron of girls We've got the sea below. So I'm looking down onto the stack now, and as you can hear, it's just like a whirl of different seabirds' voices, mostly kittywakes and guillemots. And there are some razor bills in there which are more sort of loners. The kittywakes and razor bills are all nest and great colonies, but they were the very top of the stack. Here's like a sort of very nice green lawn of thrift and, and other wildflowers. And then in amongst that are loads of little comical heads of puffins. 50 or 60, maybe more. And they're obviously buried up there, we've got some nesting areas, and this it didn't happen. So, it's an incredible place, uh, just the sheer drop to the bottom. And the sea is sort of swirling and squishing them out, and just the constant turn and fraying of those fullness at the top there. Guillemots, uh, it's like confetti or ashes from a fire that's caught in the wind. And, swirling around and the form has come so close within you know, two or three feet the great blade-like wings yes it takes your breath away being so close to the edge so uh, an astonishing place I'm just going to come away because it's quite overwhelming sensory sensory overload that's incredible 
quite like to see one come in with a fish in its beak. I haven't seen any of that. Well, you see pictures of puffins, don't you, with sunbills hanging out? Yeah, it's because they haven't got chicks at the moment, so they're not really. Yeah. They don't need to feed. They just, they're just. You know, what's happening is they're just flying in and replacing the other partner, I think. Oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? There's some puffin action going on. Hot puffin action. Huffin and puffin. What? Well, on the top. It's looked like it's puffing something brown. Oh, is it to get a whiff of the... Uh... Yeah, oh, yeah, just then. Yeah, oh. the wind changed direction. You get a real whiff of um, back of chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a great... There's a great blackback gull on the edge there. Now, they will swoop in and eat puffins when they want to. But it's weird that they're, they're coexisting so peacefully at the moment. It's that black thing that's just taken off. There. That's a... Flapping like crazy. That's a puffin. Oh, did you, did you see it squirt yeah. it? Yeah. That's a puffin. Yeah. 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 Their wing beaks seem to be like three times that of the other birds. And as you sweep around the, the cliffs, you get a view out to sea through the main cliff and then the stack, and it's really quite dramatic. Wow, yeah, it's just looking, peering just over the edge of the cliff there. A couple of lovely fulmers. A really good look at their beaks. Oh, they've got these beautiful eyebrows and great glossy black eyes. Their perfection. Oh, look, look, lots of great skewer action here, chasing each other. Practicing, they're bullying. Yeah, it's sort of pirate school. Yeah. You don't. Become top bully without yeah. putting the hours in, you know. <laughs> it's like it really is survival of the fittest. There's no kindness. Although the, the fulmers look very tender towards each other, then you realise that, as John was saying, a bigger, stronger male comes in and kicks out the other male, and the females equally. Well, you'll do, <laughs> you guy. There are all these amazing little ponds they're on lovely. top here. They're yeah. like they're like infinity pools aren't they with yeah. a million pound view that absolutely yeah crystal clear water and i think full of newts yeah as we found earlier yeah like look. standard infinity pool look at that. tons of newts in here oh yeah oh, very yeah. small I newts. see four five just in there's, this there's no couple of meters there's very little else in here yeah they must be finding plenty of food from the, the larvae of insects and things that yeah and then I guess they get eaten by the seabirds, but there's nothing really fishing for them. Maybe they taste revolting, I'm not sure. I'd... Newt never really appealed. It's not on our foraging list, is it? No, no. <laughs> Fried newt tails. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a local hender speciality. There's plenty of them. This is the kittiwake colony. You think you've seen yeah. enough birds? Uh, this is the, kit the main kittiwake colony, and this should be much higher pitched calls. Do you know why they sort of all flock together? Safety, why really. Is I it? think, you know, there's not that many cliffs like this, so. And it's perfectly safe from foxes. I mean, obviously, there are yeah. aerial predators, but when you've got so many birds there, it's quite difficult for to be singled out by a right, skewer yeah, yeah. or a. So we can see the Outer Hebrides here Harris, Lewis. They call this the minch, don't they? The minch. I think that's what they call it. This, this stretch of water stretch between. Stretch of water between the inner and the outer hebrides. 
yeah, it's just on the horizon. Islands rising out of the out of the edge of the sea. Outer Hebrides. Now those would be places to go. But for now, we're still on hand of climbing again. done a circumnavigation of Handa and it's been just so amazing to come somewhere totally different from what I'm used to seaside for a start but also just extraordinary extraordinary sort of bird life here just the just a reminder that our seas still teem with life and they need to be protected this is a rare and precious rare and precious place it would be good if um, more people came to these places support the work of the Scottish Wildlife Trust, the RSPB and others and um, get to love it Chaps, what do you think? We haven't got to the seals yet What? The seals? There's loads of seals down there Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered, I ordered killer whales dolphins, best seals place on the island, sea seals I've never been so disappointed in all my life Right, let's go and see seals. Uh, we might have even got round there just to check my numbers. There's oh, one right. number to go. Number oh, six. right, okay. Let's, let's not stop. I thought we were... A little bit of oyster catcher. Lovely, aren't they? They look so proper inviting. Little proper little smugglers in, in yeah, that, yeah, aren't yeah. they? So, just on this last bay, there are a little flock of ida, which are sea ducks. Black and white markings, and they have them fantastic. Yeah, Ida. A load of Idas. And uh seen the seal. Oh the seal little head pointing out. Oh that's Yes. Oh yeah, a little snout pointing out. Oh, and another one on the right. A couple of seals. Yeah, Rabbits and seals. Just heads pointing out, poking out like little they're so shiny, they really glint in the well, that's good to have seen seals right at the mm. end. There's funny little noises of the eiders, I think. Quite a good talent. Yeah. Just a lovely little bay surrounded by seaweed strewn rocks. A little headland pointing out. Must be low tide. A thoroughly wonderful day. And just such a calming place to come. No, just a boat in and out. Very relaxed way of doing things. You just turn up, you don't have to book because they can just shuttle people back and forward. And eventually, you're, uh, if like us, you didn't bring lunch, which is a big mistake, that's what gets you off the island. But I've no doubt I'll be back. But this has been a wonderful day. And there's obviously a lot more to discover here. Well, that's a taster of Handa, a seabird colony, island of 
delights. And I'm sure we'll be having more adventures. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. So that really was an island of delights. And well, that was recorded back in May. So right at the beginning of the seabird breeding season. And so there weren't any chicks or uh, just a few eggs at the time, but still hopefully got a sense of just the sheer numbers of tens of thousands of birds of all different species. It's so wonderful to go somewhere where the wildlife completely dominates and humans are there just as guests. And talking about guests and very welcome guests, I'm in the podcast studio with Jack and Hannah, who helped make the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little journey to to the wilds of the of the north. Have you ever? Is that your is that your first adventure on a, on a wild island of seabirds? Is that something you've ever encountered before? So I've been on holiday a couple of times and uh, done a little trip around Skoma Island and saw a lot of puffins and and uh, birds like that. No, that's an amazing place. Was that when you were quite young then? I uh, know I've been quite a few times over the over the years. I've been. Young and old. <laughs> <laughs> You're still young. You're only young. Yes, exactly. It's only a couple of years ago. That is an amazing place. Mm. I, we could have made this whole season about islands because we've, we're off to sail in the Hebrides. We're off also to Tyree and Anglesey. So we could do an island special. But um, aren't we on, we're on an island right now? Everything's on an island. Well, I suppose we are. Too right? big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. island. <laughs> True. It's an island special. <laughs> um, Skoma's wonderful. I remember going there and, and it's just, well, I guess, I mean, they're quite similar in some ways because you've got those huge stacks of, of seabird cities on Skoma. But instead of puffins on hand, obviously, as you'd have heard, you get these skewers, amazing big pirate, piratical birds, rather, rather than these rather, rather sort of charming, clownish uh, puffins. So I suppose Skoma for a soft, if you want the soft, <laughs> the, the, the soft experience and hander for the, yeah. the real tough guys. My um, biggest sadness, though, was when I was there with, as you heard, with my two friends, Joel and Gav, we were just hearing some stories about avian flu, which is this horrible disease which is really affecting wild birds and domestic birds and, uh, and game birds. But since then, there's been a massive, uh, the skewer populations around the coasts of Britain have really been affected Oh, in a horrific way. And there's just been tens of thousands of, of seabirds dying of this disease. And so we've actually done an article. It's on our website, countryfile.com, if you want to find out a little bit more about the extent of, of the avian flu epidemic. So it's, although it's a subject I didn't want to dwell on too much in the podcast, it is a big, serious issue. And um, yeah, 
saddens me. However, I, I do have an interesting. Well, this is this is also a bit downbeat, but I do have I've, since going on hand. I know Joel; he was our historian, but he he, he missed this story, which is that Handa uh, used to be where they would bury the dead in that part of the world. So the main uh, people who died on the mainland were often shipped off to Handa to be buried because the bodies of the graveyards would be robbed by predators such as wolves, which are still quite common in, I think, the 16th, 17th century. Even into the 18th century, there were still wolves up there. And I found this poem. I was reading about this story, and there was this incredible poem. So I don't know. Would you mind me reading it to you? Not at all. Oh, listen to this. Okay, um, you're going to get it anyway. (laughs) So this is a poem about the wolves raiding graveyards. And it's from the Book of Highland Minstrelsy, uh, written in the 19th century. So it, says, it starts, He climbeth the guarding dike, he leapeth the hurdle bars, he steals the sheep from the pen and fish from the boathouse spars, and he digs the dead from out of the sod and gnaws them under the stars. Thus every grave we dug, the hungry wolf up tore, and every morn the sod was strewn with bones and gore. Our mother earth had denied us rest on Edda Chalice's shore. Ooh, <laughs> what a poem to write. I mean, so grim. So that's why they would take the bodies off to Hander. So perhaps it's an interesting extra dimension. So on that happy note. <laughs> so from poems on the Scottish Highlands to our own podcast postbag, where we've had a lovely message in recently. So we had a letter through from um, Honor Page, and she's talking about episode 160 from our last season, where we met Totty, the wild bee rescuer. She says, oh wow, what a fantastic lady Totty is. I love listening to the podcast. It's the highlight of May week. But I just had to write in to say that I could have listened to Totty talking about bees all day. Her wisdom and knowledge was amazing. Tani was very brave and obviously had complete confidence in Totty. Could I please also have the recipe for your wife's harvest plum flapjacks, Fergus? They sounded absolutely delicious. Honor, thank you so much for that lovely message. Um, I agree, Totty was just the most engaging, inspirational person to talk to. I'm very envious of Tanya, who's also one of our team, who went down to Hampshire to, to interview Totty and meet her bees. And it was there was quite a lot of jeopardy. Uh, as for the plum flapjack recipe, yeah, that's um, one you can find on BBC Good Foods website. So if you search up plum flapjacks, we tasted them in the studio, which is how you got to how you got to hear about that. Well, it is that time of year, of, and it's, it seems a good time to ask you, chaps, have you been harvesting and making delicious things apart from plum flapjacks? Yeah, I, I have actually. I've done some baking recently that's been a bit uh, autumnal. What sort of what have you been up to? Well, um. I did a recipe for a bakewell, I guess it was a bakewell tart, but rather than cherries, uh, I went for blackberries. Oh, blackberry bakewell. Sounds good. Use a blackberry conserve, I guess, for Mm. a uh, in it, and then some actual blackberries picked from the bushes uh, on the top. And it's not here, Jack. It's not. Okay. It was. But it's not anymore. Because you had the chance of grabbing some. Oh, okay. So I've missed out on You this. went for the brownie. Sometimes we can be so busy here, we miss these delights. 
Sounds great. Good. Uh, can anyone find that recipe, or is this a sort of Jack Bateman special taken to the grave? It's, and it's in a recipe book I've got, so I don't know if it's available online. But essentially, I'm pretty sure it's just a Bateman, yeah, normal Bakewell swap, recipe, swap and just cherry. stick a bit of swap your cherries for Bakewell, yeah. uh, for blackberries. And I, th- I mean, I think you could do it with anything. I think it's in a way, it's quite genius because I think you could just change the fruit, change the berry, yeah. and it. You've got a different sort of cake the whole, for, that suits the season you're in. Goodness me. Well, there we are. Blackberry Bakewells, who knew? Hannah, any? Well, our good friend Kev um, gave us some saps, some little happy little Kevin mushrooms. Kevin yep. Anglo Kevin Parr. We're not allowed to talk about that episode, but we did meet Kevin <laughs> Parr. We're going to talk about the mushrooms. We're not allowed to talk about Kevin Parr, the canal, and the most wonderful day we've ever had, but that's coming later in the season. <laughs> Tell us about the seps, because I didn't take any. You and Jack had them. I cooked mine with probably slightly too much butter and sage and then had them on toast with a tiny bit of ghost cheese. It's just the nicest. Was it? Yes. Jack, similar. You guys. Um, that's So, Kev, if I know you're listening. A um, few more seps next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been doing some blackberry sort of thing, but I've been making blackberry wine. Now, I know on the last episode, we tasted my four-year-old blackberry and elderberry wine, which I think got some plaudits. I don't, you know, it's, it's not Chateau Neuf de Pape or Petrus 82, but it's, it's Abergavenny 2018, and that's not a bad thing. A Collins special. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the terroir de Collins. And so I'm going for pure blackberries, doing lots of it, 12 bottles, so... We'll, we'll, we'll taste one at Christmas and just see how it's going. That seems really soon. Too, uh, too young? I don't know. Should, I don't really know anything about wine, but I might, think it takes a long time. You might be right. You might be right. Well, uh, we'll play it by ear, but I, I look forward to sharing that with you. Lots of other harvesty things going on, but I'm not going to tell you all today. I'll save it for the whole season. You tease. Uh-huh. Um, talking of recipes and cooking and harvesting, we've got a very special guest known for his recipes, his connections to the countryside, a real hero of mine, complete hero of mine. In fact, a bit of a man crush, which I've had for at least 20 years on this, on this guy. Find out who it is by joining us next week. And in the meantime, do get in touch. You can email me, editor at countryfile.com, or leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use. We love to hear your tales and thoughts on what we've been doing. But for now... From Handa, from the podcast studio, it's goodbye.